Tired of going to car dealerships that are all talk, blah, 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 low or no credit, lacking in Pokemon dollars? Then come on down to Mr. Mime Car Time, where we'll provide a peek at Chew in your dream car. But you don't have to take it from me. Here's our founder and president, Mr. Mime. That's Mr. Mime Car Time, 1998 Monado Street. Just look for the giant inflatable glove, two blocks south of Blaine's Vapes and CBD Outlet. Ask the Poka Dexpert. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us uh, for our wonderful show that we have here, Ask the Pokedexpert. Uh, we could not be more excited to include all of these wonderful people uh, here with us today, our experts. Of course, I am your host, co-host, Anthony Reed. Uh, before we begin, I do have a couple of notes from the network that they asked me to make sure I, I hit this time. Uh, it seems last week, Mike mentioned the Twitch stream. Uh, I didn't, uh, and it is incumbent upon me to mention the Twitch stream twice. So if you are listening to this as a podcast, know that you can join us uh, Tuesday nights at 9.30 Eastern time on twitch.tv slash SRSBIZ underscore network. Uh, for the Celios Business Network. That is the place that you can come and watch us do this show live. We will be taking questions in chat. Uh, just, just some wonderful experiences. A great group of people who come to ask the really important questions about Pokemon. And, and this is the place to come and do it. Uh, I also, uh, I did not switch the scene last week when we had Dr. Marv, uh, Dr. Mav on to draw. Uh, Dr. Mav did a fantastic job. We were so happy to, to have her here. Uh, and I am very sorry to all of our viewers that I did not switch the scene once during that process. I was shown how to do it once and I completely uh, uh, mismanaged that, forgot how to do it. Uh, additionally, I did not play the Celio's business bumper at the end as I was supposed to, and I am terribly sorry about that. Uh, my big apologies. Uh, I have a, one more thing here. I have not yet submitted an ad for the network and I am working on that. Sorry to Craig, Allison and Tony. I will get to that uh, as soon as I possibly can. Uh, so uh, now uh, allow me to introduce our experts. First, our Pokedexpert who is here all the time. Our, our co-host, our regular, uh, our regular friend, you know, he is uh, an expert in sociology, uh, biology, and social biology in the world of Pokemon, and his new book, Management of Pokemon Care and Use Programs in Research, Education, and Testing, Case Studies on Ethical, Scientific, and, excuse me, Ethical, Scientific, and Medical Research Using Pokemon, is available now. It's Pokedexpert Mike Ellison. Hey, Anthony. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, great work getting through the title of the book. I know it's a little long. It's 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 on the drier side of my uh, recent work, but uh, I do think there are some really great insights in it, and I can't wait for everybody to get a hold of it and start reading. Um, That's what I was going to say. I mean, here. every week I'll be here, Anthony, because we're co-hosts now. 
Yeah, co-hosts, of course. Uh, and and I was going to say that ultimately I feel this might be uh, a bit on the dry side from some of your normal fare, as you mentioned. Uh, but boy, I was, uh, uh, I read it and uh, there was a lot of information in this. A lot of information. Uh, information that I'm sure our second guest, uh, uh, our Pokedex expert, guest Pokedex expert, uh, Chris Monica, head of the Pokemon World Research Group. Uh, Chris's group has done some amazing work in the world of research, and I'm sure he would blow through your book and uh, none of it would be over his head. He would have no difficulty understanding the research that you're presenting or any of the case studies. Uh, Chris, thank you for joining us today. Hey, my pleasure. It's great to be here. Um, some people that might know me from uh, social media might have followed some of my projects, uh, but you might not have heard about my interest in Pokemon, which has been uh, essentially lifelong from playing the games and then finally getting actually jumping into the real world of it and studying the Pokemon themselves. And so I really appreciate getting a chance to be on here. Um, I'll certainly do my best to keep up. I am not uh, as well studied and researched as the Pokédex expert here, but I have uh, skimmed the book and I gotta say there's some pretty compelling stuff in there. Thanks so much, Chris. I'm so excited to have a guest on the show, uh, our show, that you know, comes from comes from the opposite of both Anthony and myself. You know, we never grew up with the games. We always you know, we were out in the field uh, experiencing Pokemon in real life uh, for so long. And then, you know, the games became a cultural phenomenon. And I mean, they missed some pretty important stuff about actual real Pokemon. But I think, I think your perspective is actually going to be really interesting when you, when you talk about the things that you learned in the game versus, you know, how you've experienced them in real life. That'll be a perspective that Anthony and I just don't have. Yeah, one thing that uh, I've been looking into more and trying to find more information on is when you have a Pokemon battle, uh, I noticed that one Pokemon stops and stands still and then the other Pokemon and their trainer attack them and then the other, then they freeze and the Pokemon trainer and Pokemon on the other side attack them and they kind of go back and forth. Is that, uh, is that how it happens generally? Sort of a turn-based yeah. combat situation. You know, it, it's it's uh, when you bring that up. Obviously, there's a lot of feelings around the concepts of of uh, the way that the games have portrayed uh, the, the violence between Pokemon and our real-world uh, history of long-standing uh, violent use of Pokemon in the past. Uh, you know, in general, the show tries to take a stance that uh, is, uh, you know, beyond that, that we've grown past the violent tendencies of Pokemon. But obviously, as uh, you are familiar with, with uh, your work, uh, that, that it is still there. It's still a very present piece of our society and something that we have to, to deal with. Even these unspoken societal rules about how combat between Pokemon is handled. Uh, and let me, um, let, let me just get something out right at the beginning. Uh, so it's clear I am against exploitation, both of Pokemon and in general. Some people have might have hard have heard that I am pro exploitation, but that's certainly not the case. Uh, I, 
thank you for saying it. Uh, you know, it's crazy to think that in 2020, uh, you know, that sort of thing needs to be vocalized. Uh, but I, I do really appreciate, uh, you know, standing on the right side of history here for Pokemon and, you know, Pokemon advocates all over the place. Um, and you'll have to forgive us. I mean, we, 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 of course, you know, we like to think that everyone is, uh, uh, would be against exploitation of Pokemon, uh, but we've had some experiences with some past guests that have left us with more questions in that regard than we would like. So uh, we, you know, we we don't mean to be uh, a skittish around the uh, the uh, ideas here. We're just very uh, excited to engage in this discussion. Uh, yeah, it can be on, tricky, on this you know. It's all about uh, the so dialogue. Exactly, right. and you know, it, it's it can be nerve wracking because you don't want to say oh yeah, this is how a fight works on the off chance that you inspire, you know, uh, that sort of exploitation, you know, uh, that said, you know, I do think it's important, uh, in discussing Pokemon, uh, in the wild, you know, of course, Pokemon are going to get into scuffles here and there, right. Uh, you know, territorial battles are, are a, a standard, uh, fact of life in, in Pokemon, you know, uh, kind of areas like anywhere, anywhere where two, two Pokemon are trying to compete over the same limited resources, chances are, if they can't work it out between them in some sort of equitable way, it might come down to violence. And I do want to say that I think it depends on the type of Pokemon, uh, as far as their combat styles, you know, some, some Pokemon do take a, a rather noble, uh, turn-based interaction like you had been describing there chris uh you know today's pokemon anthony if you want to if you want to segue us in here i, I will i, I do just want to make i do just want to make one last comment which is to say that uh you know we can't be the duo and just bury our heads in the sand about no. this right i mean there are obviously still elements in our society that uh are facing exploitation of pokemon head-on as a as a as a real uh, thing that occurs in this world. And, and so we need to be very cognizant of that. And I think that to, to drill down on some of the sociology of, uh, of both the Pokemon and the people who engage in this behavior mm. and the way that they engage in it, you know, we don't need to highlight their actions, but to recognize that there are, you know, there are some cultural things at play here, you know, a lot of like uh, cultures that have been doing this for a long time, that's part of their cultural identity to engage in this kind of behavior, it does become thorny issues uh, to try and pick apart. And so, uh, you know, not to dismiss it out of hand, uh, there, there are definitely layers to this, but, but you're right, Mike, there is more to talk about today. Uh, we are talking about a, a very special Pokemon uh, that I, I can't wait for us to dig into with questions from the audience and some that were uh, submitted ahead of time. So this week we're talking about the Pokemon Lantern uh, and the Pokedex lists Lantern as a three foot 11 water electric Pokemon that weighs on average 49.6 pounds. And the community had a lot of questions about the light Pokemon. Uh, and we'll be taking those questions live, as I mentioned as well. So make sure you're throwing them up in chat and I'll be uh, uh, collecting them to, to make sure we ask our Pokedex experts some of these really, really fascinating things. Um, I've got one here that says, uh, I'm still trying to wrap my head around. It's sort of a statement more than a question, but I think it's a, a good way for us to start to talk about this Pokemon a little bit. Uh, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the idea that Lantern can actually heal 
when struck with electricity under the water. Uh, and this goes against everything I know about evolution, biology, and physics. Pokemon expert, help. Uh, Mike, do you, you want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, it actually seems like Chris is like chomping at the bit for this one. So I'll, I'll go ahead and, you know, I'll, I'll gladly pass the mic. First off, I want to say it's a great question. It is a great question. I mean, it, it wasn't a question, but it is a great question. It's a great question. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have any insight onto this. I just heard that and got excited because I've been wondering too how Pokemon can use electricity to heal myself. All right. Uh, sorry, I I misread your facial expression. I thought for sure you were you were ready to go on that one, but that's fine. Uh, so I think it is. I think it is a like I said, a great question. Great question. Uh, great question. What I like about this question is that the who was it that asked it, Anthony? Um, I believe uh, it was a Captain Hygiene that asked this question. Great question, Captain Hygiene. Uh, what I love about the question is that it doesn't—it doesn't outright appear to be a question until you read into it more. You know what I mean? That's what—that is—that was my assessment of it as well. Uh, is that uh, the quality of the question? Uh, I felt felt there was a question deeply buried in it, and that was uh, to discuss, uh, you know, why this biological process seems so different. Than other water so Pokemon. Uh, other water... Oh, please, please ask a question. Can I ask a question about that question? Yeah. I yeah. just wanted to check back. Did it have a question mark at the end of it? I can't no. remember if it, it, yeah. So it was, it was just sort of a statement. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Definitely not a question. It's a great question but a buried great within question. a statement pretending to be a question. Yeah. 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 yeah I, think I, guess, I guess in a way that's kind of like how, um, Art follows life here where Lantern, right? you know, his healing ability is kind of buried inside his electrical ability. So there's something there below the surface. Um, yes. Yeah. In the same way that, you know, mitochondria store all the energy for, for cells, you know, uh, that, that beacon on top of Lantern's head on, on the end of that antenna actually converts electrical waves into light in the same way that, you know, uh, photosynthesis will, will feed the plant cells, electricity works the same way with lantern. Ah. And so what happens is when it absorbs all that electricity through the water, you know, it's able to disperse that through the body in healing waves. That lantern is the powerhouse of the Pokemon. That's right. That's right. The the lant I was referring, sorry, I was referring to the dongle on its head as the lantern, but he's called lantern. What's kind but of a lantern? I think that's a little of both. Right. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. a great insight, Chris. A great wonderful insight. observation. Yeah. Uh, I have a, did you say that's science? Of course. Of you know, course. Insights and observations, right? Uh, I have one here from a bearded Sean. Uh, who says, whenever I go scuba diving with my lantern, uh, it seems to really enjoy leading me into inconvenient or dangerous places. Uh, what can I do to train my lantern to work better with me? Well, Sean, first off, great question. Uh, hmm. I think it's really important that we identify, you know, when a lantern is behaving as, as itself, in what we can do in response to that, right? 
you're never going to ask a fish to climb a tree or fly, you know, uh, you're never going to ask a lantern not to lead you into a dark, you know, deep place in the ocean. Uh, that's where the lantern feels most comfortable. And so I think the question really centers around safety. Uh, mm. If I have to, you know, again, unpeel the question and find the question within the question. Can I say something directly to Sean? Please. Yes. Sean, I want to go on record. I don't want to tell you that's a great question. And while I can't speak to training your Pokemon, I have an idea of maybe you could wear sunglasses underwater or goggles with a tint in the lens. So then, you know, you don't have to worry about hurting your eyes. That's true. As it gets darker, you know, that lantern flash can be very bright. Uh, very and it bright. can definitely incapacitate folks who uh, aren't used to scuba diving with their lantern. And especially as they get into darker and darker places, that flash becomes comparatively brighter. So Chris, I think that's a great suggestion for Sean. Uh, you know, investing in some, some heavier duty eye protection is uh, definitely a recommendation. You know, um, I think the other recommendation might be a, you know, a, a suit built for that kind of pressure, right? Uh, or even a small submersible. Uh, if you want to go, oh, you know, yeah. diving with your lantern, it's important to have the correct gear for that. Because I think in, in uh, from the experience that I have seen uh, from people I've spoken with uh, regarding lantern in their natural habitat, a, nan an, a lantern is naturally going to want to be so much deeper than even you would normally go scuba diving. I mean, you're, you're right. talking uh, very dangerous depths uh, to just an individual. A submersible makes a lot of sense. Uh, if you, so just pick up your submersible, you know, go pick one up, get it and just uh, go uh, submerse while they swim. That makes perfect sense to me. And yeah, it, you know, you end up further away from your lantern, uh, of course, but of course. the emotional connection is still there. You know, um, if you bring along uh, one of your fairy Pokemon, you know, maybe there's a psychic link that you can, that you can form between the three of you to share an experience together in a way that's beneficial for everyone. That's a, a great point, Mike. A wonderful, uh, a wonderful way to think outside the box on a problem like this. Thanks. You know, it's tough with a Pokemon like Lantern that is so used to like a, a world that just is inhabitable to humans. Uh, and so if we want to uh, be connected to our Pokemon in the way that you know, a, a child might be with their Mimikyu. It's important to remember that we have to meet them in their safe space. Uh, I got a question here from WBN026 in the chat who says, uh, can I hook up my lantern into my town's power grid? Is it a more rentable source of power uh, compared to making my ponytails spin a drum? Uh. Anthony. I thought, remember last week we talked about uh, making sure that someone from the network was on to moderate chat for you? Yeah, I think, I, you know, I think this is the same guy too. I think this is the same guy. Uh, now that said, before we go too far here, I mean, maybe it's important to, to, to dig into this. I am seeing a correction. He meant renewable, not rentable. Uh, so uh, while, you know, using Ponyta in that way would definitely not be 
the the best option. Uh, I, I think that there is some use that you could have. Uh, uh, obviously, a lantern puts out a lot of electricity. Uh, so more electricity, it, it outputs more electricity than it will hold in its body. And that discharge shouldn't necessarily have to go to waste uh, as long as you're being ethical and safe uh, and respecting the Pokemon in that process. Maybe there's room for something like this to uh, tie your Pokemon back into a, a way to generate electricity for your home or for uh, as a re resource for the town. You know, I want to say that uh, that question sort of betrays a really callous and uncaring attitude towards lanterns. But that said, it's a great question. It is a great it question. It is absolutely a great question. I think, I think the quality of the question is undeniable. I think the quality of the asker is questionable. And that question is also a great question. I mean, it's important for us to look at where this sort of question is coming from for a sense of intention, right? Uh, there are some people who I am certain are doing research into this kind of thing that mm. we know that the question they are asking is about bettering society and bettering uh, our connection to Pokemon and our, and our use of the natural resource that they are while providing them support and love and companionship. Whether or not that is the question, this we have to take on faith that that's what this asker was asking. Cage free. Think, that's right. right. That's a, that's a start for sure. Uh, you know, a, a cage free lantern generating excess electricity might be usable by the grid in some way, as long as it's also. I don't know. I'm having a really hard time with this, Anthony, because it feels exploitative. Like I can't, I can't put a finger on it. But to me, culturally, uh, and maybe this is where I have to remember that maybe this person, WB026, maybe they're coming to us from a place where the cultural expectation is different from here in the developed world. Uh, you know, with our relationship uh, between Pokemon, you know, like I would, I personally would never do this here in the States. You know, uh, that's like, uh, one-way ticket to the to the Pokemon Advisory Board. Like, I just don't, I don't want to deal with that. You know, uh, I'm not even going to, like, consider the research. But, you know, I think there are places where maybe, I don't know. Chris, what, what's your take on it? You know, I, I am reeling from the controversy from the Seattle Police Department getting busted for using coughing grenades and mm. lantern flashbangs as non as less lethal munitions against protesters. And uh, I am glad that 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 legislation has been put in place to stop that. So. Um, yeah, and I think it's I think it's a slippery slope. You know, I think uh, I think if you see something you know a lot say of something. things right <laughs> certainly say something so let me ask you this. this is a little off the 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 standard topic we're discussing here but i think it, it might be interesting to 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 frame this narrative right mm -hmm. uh, what about using a garbador or a muck uh to handle refuse and waste in a city 
when I mean that is what that Pokemon would be doing in the wild. Certainly, uh, you know I, and I think this is the slippery slope, right? Because once we say, "Oh yeah, it's okay for Muck to eat city trash," like where does that line stop? You know what I mean? Because uh, like obviously Muck has to eat trash to survive, and so if anything, we're doing the Muck a service. And, yeah. and I guess if we don't do the research to know whether or not the power being put off by a lantern is providing value to the lantern, we just won't know. Right. And yeah. so it seems like yeah. the urban landscape is now one of the environments of Pokemon. So they're going to operate within that. Uh, and as long as, like you said, there's some kind of equilateral exchange of value and it's monitored and regulated, that seems like it's okay. It's hard for me to imagine a situation where literally harvesting power from a Pokemon by a city is used as something that the Pokemon likes. But again, I, I'm not as well versed in like actual Pokemon physiology as you guys are. Well, and, and I think that's, that's the open question. I'd love to see the research on, you know, what those findings are uh, and how the, how the measurement of happiness is, is being tracked for those lanterns within that, uh, within that society, you know, because let's be honest, uh, just because a Pokemon is stronger doesn't mean it's happier. Mm. Yeah. That's why I don't have my, any of my Geodudes evolving. I think that's, you know, we talk about evolution a lot on the show, Chris. Uh, and one of the things that for us is really important is stressing that your Pokemon will evolve when it's ready. Right. It doesn't have to go, you know, boom, right at these predetermined checkpoints from, you know, from games or from popular yeah. magazines or from, you know, uh, your buddies, Geodudes down the street, Chris, your Geodudes, if they never evolve, they're perfect the way they are. I have a saying when people tell me, people see my Geodudes, I have three of them, um, Lefty, Mingler, and the Baron, that's their names. And sometimes people will come and see them and uh, they'll say, hey, when, when are these guys going to become Graveler? And I say, go kick rocks, but don't kick my Geodudes. It's oh, great. I say I say that every single time. I love that. Uh, that is that's so good. Yeah, and sometimes like the, to... the same people will sometimes ask that question, and I'll give them the same answer, and they'll say, "Hey, you said that last time," and I say it's still true. It's still true. Still true. Uh, uh, I I have another great question here. If you want to, if you're ready to move on. Yeah, I just uh, also want to put uh, a note on your board, Anthony. Uh, not physically. Nope, not physically. Uh, nope. <laughs> just to uh, check in with Chris after about licensing that phrase. Uh, not, thank you. Oh, what's with the question, Anthony? I'm so excited uh, to a, hear it. Uh, yeah, I've got a question here from Turtwig Fan who says, uh, I recently moved to a snowy area and my lantern seems sad. We left a lot of friends behind. Uh, do you have suggestions of meeting up for play dates with people that have lanterns? Uh, I've tried looking for Pokebook groups and couldn't find any. That's so hard. 
you know, moving is hard for everybody. Yes. Uh, great question, Turtwig fan. Uh, really hits to the heart of Pokemon ownership, especially now. You know, years ago, society was different. You wouldn't consider moving. You would stay with your family and you would stay with your Pokemon and you would stay with your Pokemon's family for generations. And the bonds that would grow would be so strong and people would look out for each other. And now it's different. You know, people move, people experience different things. The world is smaller, but at the same time, everyone's further away. Um, you know, making friends is tough. And Turtwig fan, lanterns can have an especially hard time with that, you know. Uh, I know earlier in the show we talked about uh, territoriality and Pokemon. And as you know, as a lantern owner, they can be pretty territorial. And so if your lantern is having a tough time fitting in where it, where it's new, that's not super surprising. Um, Chris, what do you have a, do you have a, any, any advice for Turtwig fans? Well, I would say if you're thinking about meeting new people, the, f the first thing you want to think about is social distancing and mm. making sure that um, you and your Pokemon don't catch the COVID. So you need to make sure that, uh, I don't know, do, do, do fish type, I mean, water type Pokemon need to wear masks? I've always wondered that. Well, so uh, luckily with a lot of human uh, airborne diseases, uh, water type Pokemon that stay in the water and are not human uh, tend not to catch those diseases, Chris. Uh, um, what about bats though? What about, uh, you know, like Magmite? He kind of is in the shape of bat. That's a it's a great, great question. I don't know how question. much research has it's been done question. into that. Great question, though. Yeah. Great question. Um, Magmite, I don't think breathes, uh, but I think if it did, uh, then it, it might be susceptible to that because it's not in water like a lantern is. Um, right. And uh, it's, so, not a, it's not a water-type Pokemon. So, you know, also, uh, also there's a about, lot of... What about Wubat? Yeah, yeah, uh, that's plausible. Plausible. Also, that one does breathe. That's a plus. Uh, yep, it's it's a step in the right direction. Uh, it's. Uh, yep. Uh, great if, questions, though, Chris. Great, fantastic great questions. questions. Great I'm questions. If, if he gets, if somehow Wubat gets knocked out of the sky and he falls in the water, uh -huh. could that help with his COVID nineteen situation, or would that um, be no change? I think probably no change. No change is ultimately what we're going to see there because they still have to breathe. So they're going to have to come out of the water at some point. And that, that feels like that would be a problem. Yeah, I went yeah, to yeah. Uh, Jack in the Box the other day and I paid with a 20. You know what I said to the, uh, the clerk there? No. Do you know what I said to him? I said no change. Wow. Wow. Chris, I, wow. Thank you for this. Uh, yeah. This is amazing. Um, 
I have another so, question in the chat here. Uh, that Lantern, we can, uh, well, I want to I want to answer Turtwig fan's question yeah, the best yes, that we course. can. You know, of course, it was of a course. Great we never question. we never leave a question unanswered uh, right. on the show. Never. That's our goal, right? Never. And so, uh, Turtwig fan, I think if your lantern isn't feeling better in two weeks, move home. Oh, that is that's that's a bold suggestion from you, Mike. That is you know, much more. Uh, it's a bold stance. I I appreciate that. I think that's great. Uh, I have some alternate suggestions in the meantime to try. Uh, you know, the question specifically calls out looking for other lantern in the area. And it's very possible that in an area that you've moved to, like in uh, a cold area, there are no lantern around to be friends with. And it, it's okay for your Pokemon to make friends with other types of Pokemon. Uh, obviously, mm -hmm. there's going to be uh, some more resistance to that than there might be with if you just found another lantern. Uh, but there are plenty of Pokemon that have, uh, you know, very amicable relationships with other species of other Pokemon and, and, and find a way to, to uh, get that social interaction another way safely, as Chris mentioned, uh, but, but to, to find a way to, to keep those interactions going. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, you know, uh, I'm sure you can rent your home, your old home back. I'm, I, I can't imagine why you wouldn't be able to. That right. seems... It seems easy enough. You just left. Right. There's no right. way they wouldn't understand when you explain, oh no, my lantern's lonely. Uh, guaranteed. You know, guaranteed. Uh, yeah, Captain Hygiene in the chat says, just keep two homes. That feels like also a simple way to do that. Just keep the home you have and then, you know, get your old home back. It seems fine. Honestly, uh, who would move to a new place not knowing whether their lantern would like it? without a way to get back so i'm sure turtwig fan can just you know hop back into the old place uh i have a question here from lever number one in the chat who says big problem i have regarding this pokemon my mm. wife wants to catch one of these since watching an adult film parodying it i feel like she wants to leave me for one of these what could you what would you do mm. hang on uh is he saying that his wife watched this like or he watched it and now it's causing him to have uh, according to this question uh his wife watched the film that okay. parodies a lantern and now he feels that there may be a, a relationship she is trying to form with the lantern uh that uh, could cause problems with their relationship um you know we've discussed in the past briefly we've we've glanced over some of the uh uh, difficulties with you know, uh, some attitudes toward Pokemon. You know my stance stance towards Smoochum. Uh, lever number one. First off, great question. Uh, you know, uh, every question's a great question. That one especially is a great question. I think it's important that we do tackle the uh, the issues at hand. Uh, and unfortunately, in society right now, there is kind of a a renewed conversation around pokemon consent and i think it like i think it's really important that you and your wife see a pokemon therapist together in order to work out whatever's going on kind of under the surface here there's clearly some uh deep-seated issues and and you know lever number one um it's not unheard of 
for people to explore role play in these situations. Yeah, you maybe know? you just need something to charge up the relationship that you are a part of. Uh, and that's, that is where this, uh, this idea is coming from. So to speak. Yeah, you know, uh, maybe, you know, I don't profess to know your wife, lever number one. But I do wonder if you surprised her in her sleep with a flashlight. <laughs> oh, uh, bless you, Chris. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you hit that flashlight on while she was sleeping, it might trigger that same kind of uh, jolt that she's looking for. And so maybe you might be able to... Uh, Anthony, are you... Yeah, uh, I think... Allergies, bud? When he did that... It's just, I mean, you know what my problems have been in the past with, no, I totally said I wasn't going to talk about it on the show. Oh. No. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, a lot of people I'm sorry. have. I'm sorry, everyone. A lot of people have uh, these kind of uh, situations come out uh, within their relationships. And I just think it's really important. Uh, oh. And in chat, lever number one says not to be too TMI, but we have recently gotten into flashlight play. I, I hope that that works. I, I really do, because this is an important issue that can be very difficult for people in relationships to handle. And, um, you know, things like this can be a great step in the right direction. And if it doesn't work, maybe tasers... Uh, um, yeah, there are a lot of escalating kind of pathways here uh, when you look at what a lantern brings to the table. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, bud. Uh, you want to just put us on mute real quick? Yeah, I'll... Yeah, I'll... I can do that. Um, let's, here, I see it. There it is. Okay. Great. Uh, so nobody can hear us now. Uh, nope. I just want you to know... Like, you got to let it go, bud. I know, I know. The last time this came up, we talked about this. It's been, I know it's been a long time. I know that 14 years is a long time to hold on to this, but. It wasn't, it wasn't right for you. It wasn't right for her and it ended and it's good. And like, just move on, bud. I mean, it... hey, let's talk about it after the show. Uh, Chris is still here. We got to hop into it. Like, you're you right. Got this. You You're got right. this. Come on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've, I've fixed it. Uh, so everything is, should be good now. Um, <clears throat> so uh, sorry about that, everybody. Sorry for the interruption. I'm, I'm glad to be back. Uh, Mike, Chris, I'm very curious about your take on uh, uh, how we could push forward this discussion uh, without having to worry about the, the, the specifics of this, but, but in society at large, we have to worry about this as an issue that comes through. How can we move forward on this? I would say if somebody's gonna um, try and get nasty and try and be nasty with the Pokemon, I think that seeing a therapist ASAP is the way to go for sure. And uh, I, I think like the point made earlier about role play that, I'm sorry, Mike, uh, uh, you want to check your equipment? I, th I think you might have messed something up. 
I can't I can't hear a thing that you're saying. Uh, oh, you know what? That's on me. That's on me. I, I, I'm sorry about that. Uh, I, I try now. Hey, uh, can everybody hear me now? Yeah, it seems like when I muted you uh, before, when I muted us, uh, it just, it something uh, messed up on the program and it didn't unmute. I, so I was sorry about that. I'm very sorry. You know, people have these problems all the time with the programs. Chris, I was really enjoying your answer. I can't wait to hear the rest of it. Yeah, I was just talking about getting nasty and how the right call is, you know, whether role play or whatever, I would say that's probably worth exploring. And then as far as continuing the dialogue, probably we shouldn't. Probably um, this should be something uh, that they keep between them and that it's not something they talk about on Twitter or in public, period, would be my take. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe uh, if you're having these issues, maybe the best solution is not to go into a public forum uh, and put your partner uh, out like publicly about it and then just, uh, you know, look for answers in a very public way. You know, we have a, a very large reach of uh, listeners. Uh, mm. There's a few of them that that might, you know, look, there's a few listeners and they might know your uh, significant other, and that could be a very awkward situation. So a more a, private place to handle that. And as our pokey expert said earlier, uh, I don't presume to know your wife. I do presume to know your wife, lover one, and I think that she would like you to talk to her about it. I think that's a perfectly human presumption to make, Chris. Thanks. I, I, great. That was a very, very interesting way to approach that, and I, I could Astute. not be... Yeah, very, very good. Uh, so, uh, Chris, I want to take a moment to talk just a little bit more about Pokemon World Research uh, and the, the breadth of, of study that is happening at this. You are, uh, have basically sponsored a place for researchers to come together uh, to, to dig into this kind of work. Uh, you know, from, yeah. from the stuff that you've been seeing, what's the most fascinating thing going on over there at uh, PWR? Yeah, some well, of the uh, stuff that I really love that you do mm -hmm. over at PWR, uh, as co-host of the show, I think it's important that I like, you know, hop in as well sometimes, Anthony. Yeah, you know, um, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I just, I really like the way that you're not afraid to pit researchers against each other. You know what I mean? Like competing ideas, they've got a place for you at PWR. Yeah, uh, originally with PWR, you know, before the pandemic, it was mostly focused on booking wrestling matches where different people would wrestle each other but um now our long-running interest in pokemon has led us to take those resources and put them towards sponsoring different um people working in the field and yeah what we do is we have them each with their bodies of research in the ring which we already have and then they kind of like just read the it to each other like really quickly and um the audience sort of uh you know, lets us know who wins. And if things get a little too rowdy, you know, there may or may not be a, a Woobat who comes and he gets, he gets some for himself, if you know what I mean. So you actually crowdsource the, the research like results at the end of it all? Yeah, I, uh, I, it's, you know, it's the studies can't always be super contained. Usually it's people who volunteer the information who might, you know, might be do something like uh, 
uh, Ma Magikarp uh, aquarium nitrogen content. Nothing like dangerous, but like something sure. that is like already in with like tested um, safe ranges of different supplements and then sort of record the data themselves and then present that data to us at the end of it. And then the winner who uh, has the most compelling research gets, of course, the cake. They get the cake because we all chip in to make a cake. That's amazing. That's yeah. incredible. That's, that's um, I love that. And, and you know, uh, most places you would compete for grant money Funding, or research right. space. But I mean, look, people got to eat, right? And so there's there's a certain amount of reward to just having your work seen by somebody else, appreciated, celebrated with cake. Uh, I mean, this seems like a great way to get a pure look at the research outside of money and like trying to push for more funding and, and whatnot. Like this is, that's very wholesome and great. Exactly. It feels really organic. Is there a, like, is there one of these coming up at all? Uh, there will be one at the end of October, about uh, around Halloween. There'll be our latest research event will be shown and you will get to see the cakes both presented and maybe someone will eat the first slice, sort of the bride of victory situation. Wow. Yeah, and let me say this, uh, at our last competition, somebody came to me, I had my geodudes there and they said, hey, when is your geodude gonna be a graveler? And I said, go cake rocks. And by that I meant, you know, study so that you can earn that cake and put, rocks on it that is that is very astute so obviously you there's em, still Chris. you got them big uh i, I do want to say you know there's some great ways that you can watch this research uh uh as it unfolds uh obviously the, as he mentioned this has been a, a transition process for them they don't have all of their social media stuff updated yet so you do want to check out twitch.tv slash party world wrestling r-a-s-s-l-i-n i'm sure that will become pokemon world research uh shortly uh but but no thank you definitely check that out uh towards the end of the month here and and make sure you're following along with them uh you know follow and subscribe and let them uh, see all of those uh, uh your your viewership into this process that is uh, essential uh going forward so uh and chris thank you so much for coming to talk to us today about your insight has been refreshing honestly you know we get a lot of people who do all of their research inside the lab and for the the direction you've come from it it has been phenomenal Truly, truly, we could not be more grateful, Chris. Thank you so much. This has been enlightening. Thank you. I, I appreciate being asked to be here and just to be uh, here while these great questions were asked and these great answers were answered. And I do have to once again mention that we are streaming here on twitch.tv slash SRSBIZ underscore network uh, every Tuesday night at uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, you can come and check us out here and enjoy what we are doing uh, live and ask us questions live like many of our uh, members of our chat did tonight. So uh, please come and join us there going forward. That is twice now that I have mentioned it. So we can check that off the list for this week. I also wanna thank our top network supporters of the week. 
Uh, that would be Tony P. Henderson and Luigi Primo for the amazing support they gave the network. Thank you to both of them. Uh, they, are, they are supporters of the network. They, you should be like them and support the network too. And then maybe if you tell them that we sent you, uh, I'll get um, anything out of that. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you can also subscribe to this network uh, right here on twitch.tv slash SRSBIZ underscore network. So uh, I don't know what subscribe means, but you can do it. Uh, and it's, it's really great. And if you'd like, of course, uh, as always, the Patreon for the Pokedexpert is still open. Uh, Patreon.com slash Pokedexpert. If you want to hear what I've been up to, me, Mike Ellison, the Pokedexpert, uh, feel free to subscribe there, you know, uh, my, my, my patrons get a monthly newsletter, uh, folks at the $10 tier get a, get a monthly Q and a, uh, we do a lot of things for the patrons over there. Uh, Anthony, you know, if you want to bring up the, the show. Yeah. Yeah. So that is the Patreon for the Pokedexpert. If you wish to support the Patreon for the show, the Pokedexpert, Ask the Pokedexpert. That is patreon.com slash Pokedexpert1. Uh, you can go there and become a patron uh, and support at any level. Just just support that patronage. Uh, it would be really great for the show to see as much love as the person does. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, folks, if you've got, uh, if you've only got the funds to support one of us, I understand supporting me. Uh, you know, my my patron rewards are are pretty good and so i get it uh thank you i'm i am uh uh we're gonna move on so uh don't forget that uh, mike has a brand new book out that you should uh make sure that you're checking out uh once again that is management of pokemon care and use programs in research education and testing case studies on ethical scientific and medical research using pokemon uh so uh that'll be a, a, a real page turner you're gonna love it uh, and we will be back here next week. So uh, come and join us once again. Thank you so much for being here. And we will talk to you all very soon. Hey, Anthony. Hey, what? We're off, right? Uh, yeah, 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 we're off. You didn't tell them what we're doing next week. They don't know what Pokemon it is, so they're not going to know how to ask questions. No, I get it. Yeah, they're not going to ask any questions, and then what are we going to do for the show? Serious business. <laughs>